Hi, Jens here. Are you interested in innovation? This might be something for you too. Every Friday, I share the latest innovation articles, ideas, videos, books, podcasts, and more that I discovered during the week in my newsletter, Connect the Dots. If you subscribe, you will receive an email into your inbox every Friday. You can't find the newsletter anywhere else, so you have to subscribe if you want to receive it. Head over to jensheitland.com, scroll to the bottom of the page and sign up. But now, let's get started with the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Jens Heitland Show. This is a special episode where I bring the audio experience from my innovation culture coding live shows back into the Jens Heitland Show. Please enjoy the innovation culture coding audio experience. Hello and welcome to Innovation Culture Coding Live. My name is Jens Heitland and I am your host. Today we're live from Spain, Zaragoza is the city where I'm in. And that's because I moved the last week from Germany to Spain. But that's not what this show is about. This show is all about engaging with innovators from around the world and highlighting the innovators who often are not seen. So I'm I'm working with coaches and consultants who are awesome in what they're doing, and I want to highlight them a little bit. So I want to bring their authentic stories to life and show how they're engaging with the people and companies and how to help problem solving with with their businesses. So you might hear a little bit background noise today, but that's the setting uh, where I'm in right now. I'm at the client office and I have the opportunity to be in this awesome office, but there are people around and in Spain, we're not all quiet. So that's something we, we need to deal with, but that's when we're going live. And even if you're listening to this in the podcast later, that's how it is. So today's topic is innovation as a plateau booster how to innovate through personal impact. And my guest of today's show is Doug Faulkner. Hello, Doug. Hey, Jens, lovely to see you. I'm very, very well. I am in sunny Brighton, uh, but I've managed to find myself a purpose-built podcasting booth in my uh, current client's um, building. So completely soundproof. So I can scream and shout if I really want to. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, the fun part... I mean, normally I have this this setup where I always have my YouTube studio, as I said to you before. But today's it's natural sun here. So yeah, it's yeah, not artificial yeah. light. It's okay, it's keep crazy. rubbing it in. Keep rubbing yeah, sorry. it in. You're in Spain. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> fine, fine. I, I like and also because there's like palm trees behind you, it looks like you're on safari. Like you're out Yeah, I am. Um, and, and 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 I even dressed up in green today. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so awesome that you're there. Really, really looking forward to explore the case Same. with you. But before we go into the case, Doug, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you and what are you doing? Yeah, fabulous question. One of my favorite. Um, so, um, I, so I'm Doug Faulkner and I am a performance coach. So from my perspective, what that means is I coach senior executives or business owners and leaders uh, and entrepreneurs and smaller businesses on how to perform consistently at their best, regardless of what's going on in the world. Um, and my specialist areas of support are innovation and personal impact. That's essentially it. Awesome. I'm always still mute. 
<laughs> so, yeah, I wasn't live for a couple of weeks now. It's still early 2020 for me. <laughs> so going a little bit deeper. So you are in Brighton in, 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 in the UK, but before, before we went live, you said like you, you lived five minutes in the US. Tell us a little bit about yourself on that way. Yeah, it's interesting, actually. I've, I, my cousin actually says that um, I seem to be one of those people that make that has a champagne life out of a lemonade budget. <laughs> um, and um, I, I come from quite a low economic background. Um, my education wasn't fantastic. I'm an autodidact, so everything I know is through actual lived experience. And um, I, uh, when I was younger, my mum married an American and we moved out there just after I did my GCSEs. Now, in the UK, for those who don't know, GCSEs is the qualifications you do when you leave school or you do them and then you leave school and and in the UK we tend to finish school 16 17 when I moved to America um I was like well I'll go to college because that's what everyone in the UK is doing but they're like oh no no you need to stay to school till you're 18 and none of your transcripts um are you know relate so you're going to yeah. have to do a year of school so I did that senior year of high school which was such a culture shock because <laughs> All the movies, everyone was like, is it like the movies? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's exactly like that. And that's why it's a culture shock. On the on the days that the, the football team were playing, all the cheerleaders wore their uniform all day. And there were there were kids who could get um, uh, extra credits. In America, they have a credit system where each class is worth a certain number of credits, blah, blah. And you could get credit for giving blood. You could get credit for being uh, in the in the junior army. <laughs> it was a crazy, and for a poor white boy from suburbia, it was the craziest experience, but I think ultimately those kind of um, paradigm shifting experiences are really good fertile ground to create a, a strong innovator. Would you not agree, Dan? One hundred percent. One hundred percent. It's it's always the the non usual background that creates innovations. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and then interestingly, I, when I first started innovation, I was also running my own comedy night, um, and I was uh, doing lots of comedy, and I wrote comedy for television for a short while. Um, and that's actually what nudged me out of working for a business and made me launch myself out into the world independently. Um, and I think there's a certain specific type of experiences that make you a comedian as well. Um, and I always, uh, and, and, and the same with innovation, you need to be knocked out of the normal way of thinking uh, to force you to be adaptable. And that's what creates innovation. And for me, also a bit of comedy. And I like to bring both of those things into I'm not spending my whole time with clients just laughing our asses off but what we are doing is enjoying their process as much as possible yeah. if, if, we, if we drill a little bit down on so what are the main clients you work with how do you help clients what are you doing from that perspective mm. yeah obviously COVID has had a huge effect on the entire world and I, and I think there are some very hidden positives but let's face it no one wants to hear that right now because we're all licking our wounds um but um I so my client base is slightly evolving and changing, et cetera, et cetera, which is exactly as you'd expect it to. Um, but at the moment, I think when it comes to senior executives that I coach, they tend to be in the financial world. And I tend to have mainly female clients. Um, and I think um, potentially the reason for that is, is number one, because they are a very close network um, and they, um, they support each other very well. And therefore, it's an easy marketing tool as far as I'm concerned. They talk about each other. I do an amazing job and they tell each other, great, thank you very much. Um, uh, but also, I think because because um, I, I come from an innovative point of view, um, women uh, who are not necessarily treated as equals in that world, therefore have to be adaptable. It's another paradigm shifting kind of 
point of view. So they conceptualize what I'm talking about a lot quicker because they've needed to. And they have that space in their heads. It's, it's less uncomfortable for them to go, oh, yeah, I'm going to change my entire thinking about this and go at it from another angle. Um, but then when it comes to um, actual um, small business support and, and real in a, on, the, on the ground innovation work, um, I moved out of, I was living in East London um, and I, I took the opportunity during, during lockdowns to get out of London because I wanted to be, I suppose, to be a bigger fish in a smaller pond. But also I needed, um, I recognised that I needed some more, to sound like a, you know, pretentious boob. I needed a bit more creative incubation time. I needed to isolate myself in order to really swim around in that, all that experience and make some decisions about where I wanted to focus that experience. So um, at the moment down here, I'm working with uh, the Sussex Innovation Centre, which is where I'm at at the moment is an amazing organization um, uh, that runs independently but is attached to the Sussex University. They support small businesses and innovation. Um, I'm also working with small businesses in um, Brighton and they're, they're businesses who um, are, uh, are, are successful but they're, they're trying to cope with this con consistently changing situation um, and that's the best time for innovation. Yeah, agree. Agree and I think that's that's a key point of specifically with businesses who are well off and who are still successful even mm. even through covid situation where the whole yeah. pandemic situation is not easy for a lot of businesses it's mm. it's often that companies are getting kind of like yeah we survived so why should we innovate and then it's <laughs> especially in my experience at least this ones have to innovate yeah i mean perfect and I, I i'm almost 100% convinced you'll agree with me on this one If every business understood the foundations of innovation or even recognized how they're already innovating and shone a light on it, then a lot of businesses throughout lots of industries would not be as hard hit by the current situation. And, and, and I know that's easy for me to say, but it, it's essentially, in essence, it teaches you adapt adaptability and, and you, it creates cultures where people are constantly solution finding and building. Um, and often the, the businesses that I think survive those situations are the ones that are used to and embrace and really like change. Yeah, absolutely agree. So let's, let's get into the case. So we have... Let me just put it up here that I'm not saying anything stupid. <laughs> Today's case is a design agency. So a design yep. agency, to, to the topic we, we already discussed, a design agency that's fairly successful and has been mm -hmm. successful and growing organically over the last years, um, they, they can reach a plateau. And, and that's kind of um, a comfort zone, let's say it like this. They, they have yep. reached a comfort zone um, And they're looking into um, doing things differently, innovating themselves. But they're as well aware that the, they, they love their market, they're inside the market, mm -hmm. and they know and understand that it's, it's through their employees that they're able to do things differently and they need to bring them on board and keep them on board. But what yeah. they see as well is that the talent is moving, the talent is, is kind of... Mm. willing to 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 take the next step and so if they mm. don't do this the the talent will move on so that's that's a little bit the situation um mm. and of course they they reach out to you and say hey doug you're the innovator yeah, yeah. you understand this <laughs> how can you help us so that's this is yeah. literally the starting point so let's say yeah. you get the call mm -hmm. how would you start how, how would you 
<laughs> how, how would you go about it? Like, hey, yeah. they explain you the situation. How would you go about in saying, like, how can you help them? Well, let's start. Let's start with the core bit because uh, you know, as 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 like like you, as a as a beacon of in a, innovation, like like a bubbling battery of innovation, constantly. I don't wait for a call. That's not what I'm about. Um, so I, you know, I, I, I set up networking things. I go out, I talk to people. Um, whenever I talk to, I'm fascinated by people's businesses because it, it, it I've got a vested interest because it all, it all builds my awareness and how different people, you know, attack different problems and stuff. All really, really interesting. So just in the nature of having conversations with people, I, I tend to, um, realize that what I'm selling to people is something they're not, they don't realize they're starving for until they take a bite. So essentially, I just need to have those kind of. Do, do you ever find that as well? Yeah, one hundred percent. So, so they 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 feel that they're good, but they don't know what they're missing. Yeah, exactly. And I can't go in on the hard sell. I can't go in linear. Yeah. And actually, I don't want to because not everyone's going to have business for me. Um, what I do is I chat to everyone informally and in a really interested way. And then if I sniff out a brief, I'll tell them. And I think, you know, I'm not like I'm saying you've got a problem and I can help you. What I'm saying is I think that there's something that there's something in your business that I can help you with. Can we have a chat about that? That is essentially the call. Them saying yes is then then the bit where that kind of answers your question. What I'll yeah. then do is I will <clears throat> the way I'll do that is I'll send them just a few bullet pointed notes off the back of that chat and go, this is the chat we had. This is where why I think there might be a space here to innovate. Because it's very, it's, it's an interesting proposition. You say to, if you're if you're a um, uh, a sign maker, someone needs a sign. You make the sign. <laughs> it's as simple as that. But what I'm saying to people is, uh, if, if you've got a lack of sales, you go to a sales consultant or you get new salespeople. <clears throat> no one's saying, oh, we've got a lack of innovation. They just they're just not having that conversations with themselves very often. <clears throat> Excuse me. So what I'm doing is I'm listening out for it, and I'm saying I'm showing them some just some really clear bullet points about what I mean then I'll go in and just have, it's still an informal chat, but it's a, it's a chat that now has an agenda. Um, and the agenda is for us to, to come together to have a little investigate and then decide, is this a piece of work that needs doing? Am I the right one to do it for them? And what does it look like? And what's it going to cost them in time and resource generally? Yeah. What what are the kind of people on the client side you, you are engaging with in this mm. this situation? Is it like C-suite, the innovation mm. director, or is it the CEO? Yeah, yeah. So I I might not start off by talking to the CEO, but I'm not going to go forward unless I speak to the CEO. Yeah. Um, because there's absolutely no point creating a buzz and an energy around change if the person at the top is it number one bought into it and number two i'm going to defend that change and force it forward the last thing you want is somebody to have that attitude of oh just go away and get it done and then they block the change yeah Do you know that's no because also yeah. their their information they're part of the brief if i don't get a really strong idea of their their the brief from their perspective i'm not really answering the brief yeah do you know what i mean 100%. and if Some, sometimes and I really, i'm yeah Yeah, sorry for interrupting. Yeah, I'm I'm so excited. <laughs> so sometimes I'm, I'm I'm even going so far that I'm asking the the supervisory board members because sometimes yeah. they they put yeah. in a new CEO and the CEO should fix it or should try to mm. get the business to the next yeah. level. But it, 
it's not on board or the investors, depending how big the company is, it's not going yeah. to happen. Yeah, listen, and a tool that I learned years ago um, uh, was about, <clears throat> it's like a listening matrix. And it's like, you know, you get a piece of paper or you do it mentally and you think, what are the four areas that I need information on to make sure I've taken a complete brief? And a complete brief means uh, one that I've, I've stimulated their thinking in places that they, because they've come to me because they either, or, or they're talking to me because they either don't know, to, know how to do what I do or they don't have time to think about it. So when I get in front of them, I need to stimulate that thinking. The last thing I want is for me to answer the brief they've given me for that only to be stimulation to the brief that they should have given me in the past. I'm going to just get, it's my job to do help them do that piece of work. Um, and one of the areas that I look at is allies and assassins. So I want to know who's going to be the allies to this and who are going to be the assassins. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I love this. <laughs> Because what, <laughs> it, 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 we, we need to connect offline as well again, or online, but yeah. offline, offline, li not live. Because I, yeah. what I do is, is as well like a stakeholder mapping, which I call ecosystem mapping, where I exactly yeah. do the same, like looking yeah. into who are the people and how are they moving, what are their thoughts and who are how are they involved in the whole game, if we call it game. Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the, the, and the, the next thing that I would do essentially within that conversation. So what I'm doing is I'm listening out um, and I'm and if I've <clears throat> if I've written it down, I can see visually where their thinking is light. Um, so I can maybe uh, focus my conversation around it in that area um, and try and build up a little bit. Um, so that's kind of the next thing. And then what I'm going to do again is I'm doing kind of like a, um, a diagnostic. So. <clears throat> I'm listening out and I'm trying to think about how I'm going to reinterpret this um, information in mm -hmm. a way that they are going to be able to understand clearly. And I'm owning my interpretation. I'm saying, I'm sending you this so that we can make sure we're aligned around our interpretation. This is what I got out of that conversation. This is what I thought we think we thought we thought about and talked about. Would you agree? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. To make sure that we're um, <laughs> in the right place. <laughs> so so you, you start off with starting the, like you said, informal chats, getting them into this, then understanding the brief and then going into kind of alignment that all yeah. understand the same thing, if I understand you right. Yeah, yes, exactly that. And then to build on that, the first thing, that not everyone will buy it and there's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's an output cost to that, but the next thing I'll do is I will try to speak to as many people in that business as I possibly can. Yeah. Yeah. I, and and, and I, 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 I didn't used to charge for that. I 100% charge for it now <laughs> because, um, it, it, yes, it serves me massively, but that is a piece of work on its own, that diagnostic piece. Yeah. Um, the questions that I ask, the where that conversation goes, and, and I don't do a complicated report at the back of it. I just I, and I don't I don't reveal what individual people said. I might share quotes if they're comfortable with it, with the business leader or the problem owner. But what I'll go back to them with is these are the areas we looked at. This is the kind of general response I got. These are my recommendations off the back of it. For for the two listeners um, who have never heard about this, can you give a reason why you do that? Yeah, the reason I do that is because, so a couple of reasons. The first reason is um, um, collaboration breeds buy-in. So whatever people collaborate on, they want to see survive and thrive. And the first part of collaboration is being heard. Um, <clears throat> and also, I don't trust, and neither should you, 
that the higher ups have a really clear impression of of what everybody else is doing and the reason for that is that they might not be asking <laughs> for people's opinions it, uh, in a way that is they might say it they might say i've got an open door policy but do the, does the organization have agency to be able to actually have influence and say something and be heard you don't have to take on board what everybody says but it's really useful if everyone feels heard in the organization and also i don't i mean i know a lot about innovation and i know how adaptable it is but i don't know about their culture and how adapt, how to adapt it to their culture and and also they 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 know the areas they're going to tell me what the areas are to innovate around 100% they might not yeah. be aware of it and everyone works in you know the finance department are going to have a slightly different take on it than you know the 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 outfitters department or whichever department <clears throat> but i need everyone's point of view um, and I need to kind of get a general idea of, of what the conversation is. And also because if any of that stuff is, when it is hopefully played back to the business, they'll hear their opinion. It might be articulated slightly differently, but they'll hear what they've said. And it throughout the whole innovation process, you're constantly involving people and collaborating with them. So they understand that, uh, you know, head of innovation is just head of facilitation for innovation. It's everybody's role to be yeah. the innovator. Yeah. I can't agree more. And do do you use any specific tools for that? Any any documentation on the site which helps to to for like the management or anyone to get it? Or how do you do that? So when I when I talk to the, the team, do you mean? Yeah, I, I I I obviously nowadays I might do it via Zoom. Um, I've recently, uh, so for this particular um, uh, case study. I, the majority of people, I did it face to face. And then when I had to, I did it via Zoom. Um, I would, uh, it, it needs to have more than one dimension one way or another. I think you can do it, I think you can totally do it successfully via Zoom. Um, but <clears throat> you know, there's that oxytocin thing. Do you know what I mean? You just need to get in front of people sometimes. Yeah, but I agree. you know, if, if I've got clients that are in another country, that's not going to be realistic. But if it's possible, I'm going to say, fly me over, get me in front of your people. Because also, if at any point I'm going to facilitate and those people are going to be involved, some of them, I need them to be bought into me. I don't need them to be like, oh, here we go. It's one of those innovation people. Do you know what I mean? I need them to kind of be, um, Get, be involved <laughs> yeah i can't agree more because i i did a research project a while ago like a couple of years back where we have been working for a jewelry com company and we did yeah. this in in europe and then we needed to support their u.s entity as well and yeah. then going to the u.s was an eye opener for us because the business was different the culture was different so it mm. the the solution we have had in mind didn't work so it was right, good right. that we did it before we even started yeah. to figuring out what the solution is. It, it, it's if you so think about important. The, yeah, if you think about the design thinking process, you know, rudimentary uh, sense. N number one is research and insight work. That's what it is, essentially. Now, just as a, as a complete change of subject, my battery's being a bit weird. So if for any reason you lose me all of a sudden, I apologize, but I'm going to hang on for as absolutely long as I can. Yeah, no no worries. <laughs> Worst case, we need to do a second second yeah, half yeah, yeah, yeah. one day. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly, that's, yeah. That's fine. Yeah, but, but in that context, yeah, so the, the, the research person, and I've already done it. I've done it with, I've just chatted to somebody, I've sniffed a brief, 
I've um, uh, stiffed their briefs. That sounds disgusting. Um, I've um, I, I've met with them. I've investigated that brief a bit more. Again, this is all research. I'm reading that person. Are they capable of change? Are they hungry for it? All that stuff that's useful uh, later on. And then I've gone into their business and I've spoken to their people. Now, listen, if they're not going to let me speak to their people, and not everybody does, I still have to find a way to get as much of that learning as I can in a different way. And you can do it through survey monkeys and all that kind of stuff. But I'm a little bit, um, put my foot down a little bit about those things. And I've been taught very well by various mentors I've had in the past around innovation too. It, you know, it, it will just shoot you in the foot later on if you don't do it. Yeah, I agree. So so then you, you understand that. You bring all of this insight into what? Yeah, good. That's a really good question. So uh, what, part of that um, initial conversation, when I get them to buy into, you know, obviously I've chatted to them, then I've come and met them with an agenda, then I've given them some recommendations, then I'll send them a proposal. And then the first job will be to speak to their team. And within that, I'll have an idea of how they want to receive that information. And I'll ask that question really simply. How would you like to receive this information? I'm not going to... People waste so much time on fancy polished decks. It's like if they need a fancy polished deck, fine. I can make that happen. They can pay for it. I can make that happen. Is that the best use of their and my time? Is that the quickest way to land the information? Probably not. Um, uh, I will always send people something to back up what I've said. Um, but generally, I can just stick it in an email, to be honest with you, sometimes. Something easy for people to just find the email and refer back to it. Um, I think it's that's a tool, essentially, isn't it? I think it's, if they then obviously have to go and sell that into some higher-ups, it might need some polish. Um, but ultimately, I'm going to be speaking to those higher-ups anyway at some point, or else I'm not working with them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So... So you bring this information back and then do, do you then take it to the next level where it's more about, okay, now we have kind of clustered, figured out a couple of the challenges and how do we yeah. go going about solving them and then you help them with that or how does that work? So the great thing about doing that diagnostic piece is that it shows up. It separates the wheat from the chaff around what those areas of innovation are. And I will report that back to the problem owner. Um, and then I'll say, so in my... Pro in my um, um what's the word i just used um in, in, in the, the information that i said proposal proposal in the proposal i'll have, I'll have said i think we should do a management tra training piece and it would it will be this long and it will cost this and it will take this long or whatever then i'll adapt it whatever is in the proposal i need to stay at that budget because that's what's been agreed so then i'm going to make suggestions i can say actually off the back of that i think we need to do you know a full day group uh, you know a whole business um um idea generation day and that's actually going to cost more and they can say yes and they can say no and we can adapt it figure out a way to make it happen um but then generally I'll, but at that point i'll know what my my bits are working and i'll always make sure that it's clear that i'm going to be coming back to them after every piece and we're going to be reviewing how it's gone um it's why when when some people a, a client will come with a very linear piece of thinking it's why i'm going to be chip 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 away at them to see where they have the capacity to be flexible around these things you know and not everybody does and that's okay but then yeah. you know we both know that innovation is important and useful everywhere not everyone's aware that they're doing it all the time and even fewer people are, uh, have the capacity to be brave enough to go for it but ultimately it's the thing that drives business so so if I understand you right, then, then you're taking all of these insights, putting it into the proposal, and then there will be different activities, let's say streams or whatever, on, yeah, hey, yeah. This, this, this are the different things we're setting in yeah. motion to make this happen. And 
are you yeah. then facilitating these things or do you help the organization yeah. to do it themselves? How do, how, such, how do you do that? That's such a good question. I, uh, at the beginning of my innovation career, especially around training, a lot of what I did was instead of being the actual trainer, I was the living embodiment of what it looked like. So I was leading by example. So throughout the whole process, I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking, be the energy you want to see. Um, uh, and and I'm not, I don't mean I'm like bursting in and being all high, high-fiving and happy clapping. I need to, I need to make sure that it's not jarring and that it's, you know, something that's entertaining and, and, and engaging, but not distracting or irritating because that would be even worse. Um, but what I've got an eye on, I'll always facilitate it, but what I've got an eye on is creating, um, in uh, making them independent, not dependent. I don't want to create a dependency. I want to create an independency. So I'm always trying to work with either the problem owner uh, or the business leader in a coaching capacity. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll look out for um, and pick um, members of their team who I think have this kind of natural understanding and energy, and I will give them jobs and stuff. You know, if, we, if we're doing breakouts, for example, if it comes to something like that needs that kind of thing, I'll pick on the people that I think are really going to shine in that area and coach them a bit about how to do it. Um, so that um, the, the the impact is so it's already edging itself into their culture. It's not just a consultant coming in and consulting and then delivering a piece of work. It's um, I, I'm basically infecting them <laughs> like a virus. Yeah, I was about to say, but yeah, maybe not the right thing in the moment. No, I know. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but, oh, that's awesome. So so it's really helping them to do it themselves and kind of bringing that into the business so that. You're you're kind of organizing that you're 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 out as soon as possible. Yeah, and you know what? Um, as as naturally innovative people, it's quite difficult for us to sit on our hands when it, we can see an obvious opportunity. Um, and um, I um, I definitely can. Uh, I'm always going to think of things, and you can employ me, and I'll come in and I'll talk to you, and I'll go right. You can do this, and you can do that, and you can do all the things, and I can be employed to be that hundred percent. But like I say, I don't want I don't necessarily want to. I'll take your money, thank you very much, and I'll do that. And it will be really, you know, paradigm shifting. But what I want to create is independency, not dependency. Ultimately, yeah, that's great. So, due to your battery topics, looping this to an end because I think we're at a point where we understand how you think, how yeah. you work with your clients. Yeah, going going to a key question I ask everyone who is being on this show and going forward yeah. as well. Can you describe your dream client? Um, yeah, my, so my my dream client's personality as a business um, is they're brave, but they're um, but they're diligent. They are um, they're a bit sexy, but they're also very. Um, uh, they're very on it you know they do the things they say they're going to do and they so you know there's that whole innovation thing about expansive thinking and reductive thinking they're able to do both they see the power in both they know that when you're trying to get something done the last thing you need is someone going oh, oh I've got another idea and equally when you're trying to have ideas the last thing you need is someone going oh we don't have any money or we tried that before and it didn't work do you know what I mean they, they, they under they, they whether they wear of it or not they they live that kind of thinking because you can go anywhere with any size client in any industry, as long as they've got that. And I'd say that the largest part of my initial work is to sniff out whether they've got the nubs uh, of that kind of energy and then 
encourage it and keep giving it permission to thrive and and be and have and have clarity you know that as, as well as i do that in order for innovation to really fly you have to have discipline yeah. in order to be really free you've got to have somebody who's going this is the brief this yes. is the brief <laughs> awesome we we made it including the battery time did we oh maybe yes. it's gonna go any minute i can just see it. <laughs> so, doug thank you very much for being on the live show i would love to invite you to a future session where we do a second Great. round and, and and a bit deeper one but i Great. think it's a very very good live show and thank you very much for you and for everyone who is still listening live or listening to the recordings later thank you very much for listening go to the heightlandinnovation.com let me just throw the banner up um innovation culture coding slash innovation culture coding you will find everything about doug the videos the audio version later on different clips as well and important a link to him as well where you can engage him Thanks, of course to work for you if you want to yeah. or even just <laughs> chatting that's also no, no, that, no, that other one that other one yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah i mean I, I i just love to have those lovely informal conversations i really i just it's not about sales it's about let's just have that conversation it's really great Awesome. Doug, thank you very much. And for everyone My who's pleasure. listening to this, see you in the next live show or podcast. Thank you very much for dialing in and see you. Thanks for listening to today's episode. You will find the links and resources in the show notes of this episode. If you would like to support the podcast, the most impactful thing you can do is subscribing to the show on any of the podcasting platforms and give me a review. This will help me to reach more innovators around the world and bring some of you into the show. If you have any question to the guest or want to engage with me, feel free to reach out to me on social media and contact me there. And finally, if you look for someone educating you or your team on innovation culture coaching, have a look at heightlandinnovation.com. Thanks and see you in the next episode.